0: last night. A vision. I saw a world full of people. Everybody was dancing and screaming loud. They were just there to listen to the music. It was deep. It was underground. Let's turn the world into a dance Are you guys ready for a state of trust? This is a State of Trans
1: Podcast. Yes, and welcome once again to a new podcast. My name is Ruben Ronda, and this week I'm joined by one of the biggest talents right now in the trans uh, scene, Paul Denton. How are you doing, man? Oh, good, man. So you flew uh, all the way in from Dublin to be with us today. You played yeah, yeah. a fantastic set in the, in the studio, of course. Thank you. Um, maybe a brief introduction for, of, about yourself.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a producer, DJ, trans DJ from Dublin, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, been DJing for about twenty last twenty years or so. Okay, uh, producing the last fifteen years or yeah, so. uh, mainly produce uh, tech trance or uplifting trance. Yeah, everything I like producing everything instead of sticking to one style.
1: And uh, your first release, correct me if I'm wrong, has uh, has been Cabin Pressure.
0: That was so yeah, that was a long time ago.
1: <laughs> that's that's exactly ten years ago, right was now. It? So yeah.
0: that's oh, that was an awful track.
1: <laughs> no, come on, man. I, I think I think almost every producer will say that about their very first track, but. It's yeah, inside.
0: It's a four right track label.
1: Yeah, right. but also, the, it, the first track is always the, the first one that you show out to the rest of the world. So it's an, oh, course, a, yeah. a very important one. Yeah. And you have the feeling as a producer, like, wow, I signed my first track.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I made it. It's only a life away.
1: Now <laughs> I'm playing, uh, come on, uh, Tomorrowland to main stage because oh, I have yeah. one release. But that's, that's how <laughs> yeah. it works, right? It's a dream, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I have some um, some fan questions and some other uh, questions as well. Okay. Starting off with a fan question uh, by Fen. Uh, underscore armin underscore France. hello paul hugs from France. i wanted to know how did you start being a dj is it a childhood passion
0: yes well um we all had a brother he was just uh he was a sitting vinyl. here in the city yeah yeah that's him the, yeah. yeah he was collecting vinyl back in about um, the early 90s mm-hmm. all, all the um, uh, old school trans records there so I um, always had an interest in it from when i was about mm-hmm. seven or eight years of age and i just um, grew from there then Used to go out to the night clubs when I was 70. Yeah, yeah. yeah fake idea.
1: <laughs> so you were stealing your brother's records and oh, started yeah. DJing. Still, I
0: still have. I still have all the vinyls. Really? Home. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. I have a similar story. I had the same thing. I started playing records because my brother was uh, DJing. Yeah. He, I think he stopped after maybe one and a half years, and he sold me all his uh, all his vinyls and his turntables and stuff like that. Yeah. And I
0: And I picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So A lot of people are like that. Think, yeah,
1: does yeah. your brother still have all, all these vinyls or did, they, did he give them to you?
0: Oh, he gave them to me, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice brother.
1: Did you give something in return or no? no? We should talk about this, I think. No? So uh, for the brother, uh, we can't hear him on the microphone right now, but what, what made you start DJing then? Interesting music. Interesting yeah, music, um, yeah. Uh, out, of, out of that period, what has been the, the pinnacle track for you to start playing to start djing like you were okay this is the track this is why i want to dj
0: push University nation yeah yeah my favorite yeah
1: that's a that's a good one ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the questions i will have later for you uh, as well about uh favorite tracks and uh and why of course but first i want to know from you um walker 48233 has a question uh, wh- what made you start becoming a producer? Because you s- you told us that you were DJing for 20 years
0: already. Yeah, well, I used to DJ at home, you know, and then the small clubs. And then
1: right? it took about 10 years yeah, well, like, before you started I, did, I didn't have the
0: computer the technology at home. It's only when I started working and I had the money then to buy the, my first Mac. And then I just, just started learning production myself. Yeah. Yeah, around 2007.
1: Because... When you look back in that period, it was a lot harder to make music yeah, than no it is right now. Yeah, there was no tutorials nothing. No. Because right now, if you want to know what a certain lead sound is, then you just go on YouTube. Yeah. Lead sound, Paul Denton. You, and someone made it, you know, it's on YouTube. Yeah, course, you can yeah. just I think figure I, out how it works. I think works. I
0: bought Cubase, like, I sat there looking for it for the first month. I hadn't a clue what to do. <laughs> Even to import an audio <laughs> file. <in them. laughs>
1: so you work with
0: Cubase? Cubase, yes.
1: Okay, uh, so how did you decide which doll you want for, went to go for?
0: I started on Reason. Thing. And then yeah, then just couldn't get anywhere for reason, So I just got Q base and just learn from that. Was
1: Q back in two thousand and seven, and you didn't know how it worked. There was no, no tutorials. Just, how no, did you figure out how it, it just worked? Just
0: um, done an online course actually. Uh, John O'Callaghan done um, one of the de- guests in the day for. Okay. He came in and he showed a few things. Like, how did that work? Um he just came in and he was showing the class. It was, a, it was a classroom like of, of uh, people, like a proper classroom. Yeah, like um, eight or nine people. Yeah.
1: And John was your teacher?
0: He wasn't. He just came in for a guest, make, a guest show. To do, yeah. Wow. Yeah. B- what did he... Okay, what is the... He just showing basic import import audio for and. So basic. what was the
1: first thing that he told you that you were like, wow?
0: Yeah, just the, the import audio into the base. That's it? <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you ever tell John about that later? I said, I said it
0: to him, yeah. What did he say? Yeah, he just laughed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there any other uh, producers in that class that, that are still making music as no, well? They, right now? I
0: think they were all um, housing. house and that there was all kinds of rock music, everything, you know, it wasn't just uh, dance music.
1: Wow, is that, uh, is that school still here?
0: It's still open, yeah, it's all in, in Dublin, Temple Bar in Dublin. Uh-huh. Yeah, Temple Bar Music Center.
1: And then the first steps in production, what was the first thing, m- well, maybe it was uh, Kevin Pressure. but what was the first track that you were like, okay, this is something that I can show to mm. people, or not to your friends, because I, out of own um, experience, I know that your friends lie to you. Oh, because yeah, you awesome. show them music and they're like, wow, this is banging. And now you hear it a couple of years later. You're like,
0: no. <laughs> they don't even listen to them." <laughs>
1: you were you lying to me. <laughs> okay, John O'Kellen, you mentioned him already. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's one of the artists that inspired you.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: Abdella uh, Jabari wants to know who's the artist that inspired you the most.
0: Um, Paul van Dijk, probably. Yeah? Yeah, he was my, my hero when I was uh first time I to it. And why? I just love the sound. I love that. Or oh, Van der Sound back in, the, in the 2000, yeah. 2004. What is the, what it's is the... as well as ever. The is ever. What is the,
1: uh, the, the, the most memorable thing that you know about Paul van der that you were like, okay, this is why I love that sound so the much. politics
0: of dancing, the force he did. There's uh, so many I people guess, that have that. Uh, For me, it was
1: more, uh, for example, Tiesto Magic 6. Yeah, I love Tiesto. And then a lot of people have politics with dancing. This yeah. sparked just a whole generation of producers. Yeah,
0: same with the Paul Oakenfall cream, resident. Mm-hmm. I love that as well. I played that out. Completely <laughs> <laughs> pointed CD out. I played it that much.
1: And um, if you go back to the time that you started DJing, <coughs> producing, um, you, you also told me that you, uh, you were doing a lot of clubbing back in the days. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was the very first trans gig that you were like, okay, I want to be on that stage. I want to yeah. be...
0: I went to see uh, Scott Project in the Temple Theatre uh, back in 2001. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, it was a gay Crasher gig with Tiesto in the Point in Dublin. And uh, that was it then. Yeah, I was hooked.
1: Is that also, now, now it makes a lot of sense. Scott Project and then, yeah, because when I listen to your music, you ha- I I really feel that you have two sides. Yeah. On one side, you have beautiful uplifting, uh, more like uplifting stuff. Yeah. The other side, you have these Banging tech yeah, stuff, yeah, like Stomp, yeah. for example. Yeah, I love
0: making the tech stuff, yeah.
1: you go in the studio. How do you decide you which way you're going that day?
0: Depends what you're going to have humor. I mean, so if I'm in a good humor, I make uplifting. If I'm in a bad humor, I'm going to make tech tracks. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So when you have a bad day, you start making these tech gnarly games, beats? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Okay, interesting. Because you oh. played two banging tracks in the studio that were yeah. really tacky and really hard. Yeah. Is that because you had bad days? But
0: yeah, mostly, yeah. Just just... Uh, you come in and have a bad day and start making some evil beats of you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> a good therapy, to be it honest. It is, yeah. It could cheer you up at the end of the day, then,
1: you know? So, to be really honest, if, if, for example, if you have a full year where you're only releasing uplifting stuff, that means that you had a good year for yourself. Yeah,
0: are, yeah definitely, yeah.
1: But on the other side, your banging tracks are really, really awesome as well. Yeah, thank you. But how are you going to do that if you don't have bad days anymore? I
0: don't know, yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> You have to kind of, well, I always have bad days, you know, you can never have just all good days. <laughs>
1: um, talking about uh, some heroes, you, you actually did something that's really on my bucket list as well. You made a track together with Marco V. Oh yeah. Network.
0: That was brilliant, there. Eh? How did that come about? Um, I just messaged Marco, um, sent him a couple of my new tracks. Mm-hmm. Asked him, did he, did he like them? He really liked them. So he asked me whether i would be interested in a collab with Because he was playing all my stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's what that came about. So I, we that's just made some boots and sent some some uh, stems back and forward, and uh, yeah, that's how that started. That's interesting. So he, hey, how did you reach out to him? I just messaged him on email. Really? Yeah, and he got back to me like straight away. He was, he was like, "Wow, Marco has messaged me back."
1: <laughs> that's a bit. Of, that's a bit of a shot in the dark, isn't it? Yeah, it I
0: was. I just messaged him and said, "Here, this," because I knew he was playing one of my tracks. Uh huh. And I sent him so I sent him some. Of the oh, messages.
1: so he knew your name already? Luckily, he must have Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. And
1: that must have been one of the one of your bucket lists as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, if, you, if you're into tech trends so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm a
0: fan of yeah, It's amazing, you know.
1: Just think about Recovered and Tolerance. Oh, and, yeah. oh man. So good. Uh, another question from uh, one of the fans. Um, Klaus Kaus wants to know, advice for producers trying to stand out and break into the
0: trend scene? Yeah, we just think do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, Obviously, a lot of people tell you what to do and... I think the main thing is, is do your own thing and don't let someone outside kind of dictate what you want to make. And what
1: is your thing?
0: I just, I just like everything. Yeah, you're doing I, your own do thing. Every, so. Yeah, yeah, I do everything, you know. I don't like sticking to one, uh, <clears throat> one style. Like, even I've been making techno on the studio as well, just just to make it, you know, just because I do love techno as well, but it's just to make something different. Mm-hmm. I, I hate sticking to the same sound and the same sounds, that, you know, just overusing them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just make something new every time.
1: So the number one advice that you have for producers is to uh, be unique. Just as be well. unique. Yeah, be unique. Yeah. Which is really hard because yeah, it is very In, in the honesty, um, there's a lot of saturation going on. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: There is. interest be in the transient. There is. Boy, uh, it's hard to stand out. But again, you just have to stay with it. You know. Yeah. And um, again, I'm not producing nearly 15 years. Like it didn't just happen overnight. You just no. have to stick with it, and that's that's the main as well. That's
1: that's uh, something that a lot of people don't see. They, no, they
0: don't know. People think after six months you'll be able to make a track, and as you said, <laughs> you'll be playing in Tomorrowland. But no, it's, it takes a lot of time.
1: Do you think that um, looking at the, the the general age of a trans producer right now, before um, before it's mastered that you can create a track like that, it often takes a lot of years. Do you think it's the trans music is the most difficult music to create? Yeah, that you have the mo- have the most. Flying hours just to create something like that.
0: There is, but all the melodies, and all, especially in uplifting, I find uplifting a lot harder to make than the Tech Trance. Yeah. Yeah. It's because there's hard. less sounds. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not classically trained the piano or anything, so no. I just uh, write my melodies myself, and also it's kind of Homer Simpson playing the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I do that but, too, uh, so that's fine. Uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, um, but there is, again, but the techno is very hard to make as well because it's so bare, so little channels, every sound has to be, mm-hmm. same with house, every sound has to be perfect, you know. Where trance kind of has a lot of layers and, especially the melodies now you could have like four or six layers on the lids yeah uh, I'm trying to <laughs> stacking, not stacking, yeah I'm stacking, trying to stacking. not use as much anymore but still always end up throwing so lots of layers on but yeah It's uh, is very hard to make but.
1: and then for example when I um, when I listened to your remix that you made for Annie Ville and Scott Bond and Charlie Walker then you combined the two things
0: yeah that how is, did, that's uh, very hard to do yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was, that how long actually, did it
1: take you to create that one about
0: two weeks Two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish the, I was that fast. I had the idea. I just, uh, I actually made, I made the remix about two years ago, mm-hmm. but we never released it because I didn't feel Me and Faddy didn't feel it was strong enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went over again for the compilation. I said I'll give it another go. Like when we really, yeah, sent it Faddy and he loved it.
1: And that's one of the hardest things that you can do: go back to a project. Oh yeah, yeah. Because in your head you already finished it. basically.
0: Yeah, yeah I was finished it, but I never really <coughs> really liked it. You know. I never liked the, the original version so I, I obviously had it in my head that I wanted to go back because the original is such an amazing song. <coughs> Sorry.
1: <coughs> I did a test. I don't have corona. Don't worry. Um, <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. We might have to cut this out a little bit. Um, Max Milikov wants to know how do you
0: write these amazing melodies? Yeah, again, it's just um, <coughs> using, using I can't write melodies with be hands off, obviously. Again, it's just using chord track on Cubase. I find you some unique chord progressions and then just walk around the melody. So,
1: there's a, a function in Cubase that has the chords in there? it
0: does the chords in, yeah. No, I can, I can play the chords, but again, you can mess around and find what works. Well, but chords yeah. are chords. Of course, there's only a yeah, limited amount can, of chords there, are the Yeah, I can't. Can never change really and then you have the chords and then you start going around. I just messing around with the melody I'm messing around on the keyboard with the melody until I find something that sticks.
1: But you're not uh, classically trained or musically no, trained? No, no.
0: Just let you just you just, you just
1: go by your ears?
0: YouTube, yeah. Watching YouTube videos and Really? Yeah, yeah I have to play the piano on YouTube, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So Do you it's have it. any other uh, maybe some tips for me as well because I love watching tutorials on, on YouTube. Do you have any tips of certain um certain producers that you watch
0: a lot um yeah, the sonic had me is really good yeah I, yeah that's really good Of have uh, had a subscription I don't have any more but I did when I was learning I had a subscription for that and it's a lot mm-hmm. lots of stuff laying on that they have tutorials all the time yeah yeah lots of good ones as well for and every, they have uh, for every um, genre as well it's not just yeah. it's chance, uh,
1: I think Protocol she does a lot of their yeah Protocol does yeah. One, yeah and they have an amazing synth that's really my number one synth right now the Anna yeah yeah, oh, yeah it's unbelievable, amazing yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. When, I, when I started using that
0: yeah it's really good yeah oh <sighs> Such a
1: good. If you if you're watching this and you're uh you haven't been using Honor by Sonic Academy, try it out. Get on it. It's amazing. Uh, Alain Salant wants to know what is your favorite trends album ever created? This album. Yeah. Politics are dancing. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You mentioned it before, but um, what track on that album has been the one that you're like, wow?
0: Yeah, second empire. Yeah, did Paul, Paul Van the uh, teapot mixer. Yeah.
1: yeah it's amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when I first heard that, it just blew my mind. Just yeah, an amazing track.
1: Have you ever considered remaking something like that for uh, your sets or you I don't touch, dare to? It,
0: no, I can't
1: touch that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, w- I, w- I would love to hear that, to be honest.
0: Why not? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, next question Elena69Luca wants to know can you tell me more about your track Stomp?
0: How was it created? Um. I was listening to a lot of all um, stuff on my label Reset, mm-hmm. Yeah, Abel Ramos and all. Yeah, and I love that kind of big the noise of the the square lead that comes in after the breakdown and stomp. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to recreate something like that. Um, that all mm-hmm. kind of 2004 tech trance sound. Yeah, yeah so the Mark of Visa. That's it. Yeah, really yeah. drive and not, there's not really a bassline in it. It's, it's actually a kick kick drum I use for the bassline. Mm-hmm. Big, big kick. Yeah, but it's a kick, and then <laughs> I have it for the line, I have a kick that's like on triplets. Okay, so it's just filtered all the way down, and it, that, that's the rumble. It, that grove, yeah, yeah, that kind of techno grove, yeah.
1: And you did pretty much the same also for the uh, Alien Filia remix as well.
0: Yeah, but yeah, similar, similar kick and big.
1: Is that one of the things that you, because you said that you were working on it two years ago, but it didn't work then, and then you refreshed it into that sound? Or
0: yeah, it was completely different. It was more mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. We had a big techno tech trance drop, but it wasn't kind of that techno feel. Someone with that big hard kick, the hard soil kick.
1: So all you needed was a bad day. Exactly. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bad
1: weeks. Interesting. Um, well, I've been listening, like I mentioned already, like to uh, Brian Corney's podcast. Yeah. And of course, you guys in Ireland have had a rough patch. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. But you've played some shows in the meantime again.
0: Yes. Well, it's opening it back up. Um, I played Belfast last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done Luminosity on the beach uh, in August. And mm-hmm. um, Planet Love in Belfast too for Subculture. Mm-hmm. And a couple, uh, Anomaly gig in, uh, over in the UK. Mm-hmm. The Fabric uh, one? Yeah, yeah, the Fabric one is next week, yeah. Um, that, that should be good. That's sold out, so that should be good.
1: And you already mentioned that you played uh, Luminosity. And I think good. Luminosity is a very special v- uh, place for you because yeah. uh, you wrote a track in 2019 called Back to now. I did, yes. That was for that was for
0: that luminosity. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was after my fourth year playing luminosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote that for it. I said uh, it was obviously it's in bloom and all, and I was, just come back from luminosity and I got back in the studio and I just started writing that as a tribute to, to luminosity. That's awesome. So, th- out of all the festivals in
1: the world, that was must be one of your favorites. It's definitely it? one of your favorites. Yeah, the crowd is just, it's
0: just a trans crowd, you know. Everyone that goes there is a trans fans, It's not mm-hmm. just people that show up. at gigs because it's a gig, you know, everyone is, they know their music, they know their trance, and mm-hmm. it's always an amazing crowd, It's from, I think,
1: all, from everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah you know, i about to say, yeah. I think it's the most diverse
0: crowd on the planet. On yeah, they'd be from land. everywhere, you know, you wouldn't think, like, South Korean flags and Brazilian flags, and from everywhere, like, you wouldn't think that we'd come all the way from Holland just for a gig, like. And you played several years?
1: I've played the
0: last four. Last four. Yeah. How was this one different? Because
1: obviously we came out of lockdowns and stuff like that. How was this this one different from the ones in the past?
0: Yeah, it, was, uh, it was. It was. It was. Wish surreal to be back at it. You know. Mm-hmm. It was my, my second gig back after two years. So it was. It was surreal to play at again. And Bob obviously picked me to play to close yeah. on the Saturday. So amazing. I come on after Richard Durant and it was, it was really heavy. The rain was really heavy, you know. So yeah, it was. It was surreal to play, and I like, the, the decks were getting really wet and all of playing. <laughs>
1: How, how was it to be back on the road again? Because I think you, you you probably played a lot of tracks that you created in lockdown.
0: Yeah, like I've created about 15 <coughs> or 20 tracks in 18 months. And like I didn't get to play half of them. So like I don't, I could play for three or four hours there with just my own tracks, you know. <laughs> All new, new stuff. <laughs> mostly new stuff from last from last February onwards, you know. Uh, I think I released 10 tracks last year and I didn't get to play one of them.
1: That's, that's one of the things that um, I've had a lot of people here in the studio the last couple of,
0: well, last couple of months, throughout the whole lockdown. And what
1: I noticed is a lot, of, a lot of people had a rough time creating music right now because they didn't have any impulses coming in. Yeah. But it seems for you, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, I just,
0: just kind of shut everything out. Mm-hmm. I turned social media off. Uh didn't watch the news and so just focused on making music. Mm-hmm. Just, again, uh, it was tired watching all the news and not being able to walk and not knowing when you're going back to work. Um, so I just locked myself in the studio, locked myself away from everything. And, just focus on music. That's the best thing to do, it I it guess. It was, yeah, it was. It kind of got me through.
1: Did you just shut off the world basically and just yeah. focus on music?
0: Yeah, music uh, and my family, yeah. So that was, yeah. is it
1: you know? And how do you, uh, how do you divide your family time and and working <coughs>
0: time? Now I just do. I've recently moved to the studio, so I moved to a new studio. So now it's just nine to five, Monday, Monday to Friday. Go home, then shut everything off, and spend some time with the kids and your girlfriend. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It uh,
1: sounds yeah. amazing, to be honest. And another question, um, c 99 wants to know, will you be dropping your massive collab with Chris Schweitzer at any festivals concert soon? Uh, I bet in my life it will be uh, absolutely wicked when it blasts out its speakers. That was one of the tracks that you created during lockdown. Yeah. And then you played it for the first time out?
0: Yes, I played every gig. I've played so far, yeah.
1: How, yeah. Did, how did it feel like to play these tracks that you created in lockdown?
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. Cool, Again, it's, it's surreal to get to play them. It's just waiting so long to play them that I didn't get the opportunity. And then when you do play them, like I it, didn't even test it, you know, because usually you test your tracks. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I didn't get the chance to test them even, you know. So it was it was good to see them actually on the dance floor and the crowd reaction. We, we, we really good to get them to play them. Like, you know, I think I played an anomaly and I played twenty of my own tracks or something. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> it was mad.
1: This for me that was one of the hardest things because you start releasing music because at first I was just. Uh, Keeping my music back. I'm not releasing yeah. anything because I was hoping that clubs would open again and then I can drop these tracks and then it's going to be fine. But at a certain point, you have to be like, okay, now I have to release music, but you haven't
0: tested that out in the clubs. Yeah, I just, I didn't stop. I just kept releasing. Yeah. I just, I yeah, just, no. can never sit on a track for too long, you know? I have to have it done. I have to have a sign. I have to just sign off on it.
1: Yeah. yeah move but on. That's a different kind of approach, I guess. Yeah, like everybody has a different approach, I course, guess. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no right or wrong, to be honest, in that. Um... Another question, because this is something that you mentioned off-air, uh,
0: that you were working
1: uh, on new stuff with David Forbes. Yes. Can you tell it a bit, little bit about that already?
0: Yeah, well, we've already done, um, three, I think, three collabs already, myself and Dave. Uh, we got really good friends. We've gone really well. So uh, we were only talking there last week. So we've f- almost finished. Dave sent me over some stuff. So i we'll just have to finish it off and send it back to him. That'll be done. I've also finished one with uh, Craig Connolly. Oh, nice. Okay. it's an uplifter and Kieran McCauley as well.
1: So there's a lot of stuff coming up.
0: Oh, I've, I've, yeah, I think next April I'll release every, every <laughs> few weeks.
1: <laughs> and then the big question of course if you start releasing so much music are you going to bundle it into an album or something like
0: that? I, I probably could have done an album with the amount of tracks I put on the new compilation. You can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's seven new tracks but maybe maybe in 2022 I'll look at doing an album. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have like three or four vocal tracks in there. Like the so way I've been working on a couple that I'm holding back. Yeah,
1: but that was one of the questions that I've written down as well because You've been working on so much music, but all of them are instrumental, basically. You did a track with Deirdre, of course, and Audrey yeah. Geller. but for the rest, everything is instrumental, I Yeah, think. well,
0: I wanted to, I've working on a couple, but I didn't want to release them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, until the um, we gigs were back, so, because I think they're pretty good. Pretty good products, ah, okay, like,
1: so you yeah. you were keeping uh, back oh, tracks. Yeah, well, I've,
0: I've lots of tracks there that keep them back here, but some, ah. of them, some of them aren't finished, and I don't really like playing them on, in my live shows or anything, because then they'll be ripped. And they'd be on the internet and all, so I'd rather keep them back.
1: Oh, really? So you don't play them in gigs either? I
0: haven't played them yet, no. Are you scared to play them? Because I don't f- uh, I like to record my sets mm-hmm. and post them online. Ah, okay. So I don't like putting them because I have to cut the, the track out of the set and I couldn't ruin the set then. if you're How hard is it to not play those tracks? Well, no, yeah, well, they're not 100% finished, so they're still, they're still in, in trial. <laughs> hmm. I will, it I will, will be I, released next tomorrow, I would think.
1: That's my problem right now. That like for example I played the, um, the the State of Trans set with the ADE and on, before and I'm like, I shouldn't play this, I shouldn't play yeah, this. Because it's to. gonna be recorded, it's gonna be on the internet. Yeah. But then I'm like, I, yeah, I wanna share this to, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Well it has to be a proper, the public, the right gig for it for the yeah. track as well, you know. hmm Um obviously they weren't near finished for the play at Luminosity or Planet Love, so I didn't play them there and no? I'm, but I've been working on them for the last few weeks, so they're getting there.
1: That's super hard. Respect that you're not playing that. To be honest, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I did. Uh, yeah, uh, you already mentioned it. Also, in December, you're gonna uh, release a compilation for the future of Egypt. Yeah. Um, mm. And you created the anthem for 700. Yep. How did the connection come about with with Fadi and with the uh, Pawns too?
0: Um, I've just been releasing tracks since what, 2016 mm-hmm. with uh, FSOB, and I get on really well with Fadi. Enough. I've just been sending them lots of tracks week. Like, Mm-hmm. he always plays my stuff so uh, we just gone back and forward and then he just asked me to, re- to do the anthem one day and then we've done the anthem and then he asked me to do the compilation so, so yeah so I've I made lots of exclusives it was actually supposed to be released earlier but there's there too much exclusives on it so <laughs> <laughs> you had to wait till we release some of the exclusives and then we release the compilation
1: and how, you already ma- and I mentioned it in the, in the episode but I <coughs> wanted to know this again like um, how did it come about that you create an anthem for such a big moment as a future in Egypt Seven hundreds.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was hard, you know, I didn't know what way to do, what way to do it. it was, um, How do you deal with the pressure to I create an that? I didn't really, it took me about four weeks to get anything down. Just, yeah. I was just stuck on like a bomb bombard loop, it was just, it was hard, I didn't know what way to go to go with the track. Yeah. I actually read two different tracks, because I couldn't decide on which one, and then we, myself and the fatty, I sent it to them to fatty, and we both decided on the, the one that was released. Okay. The Rise one, yeah.
1: And which one, and, and the other track, you also put it on the compilation? Gone. It's gone. Yeah.
0: Wow. Just scrap that one yeah. <laughs> just,
1: just like that. <laughs> yeah. So, But you created it as an anthem in mind, so it has to be a well, proper I'll, track. i go
0: back to it maybe eventually. But well, it didn't, so you can't have kind of two. For the compilation, I didn't want to have two kind of anthem sounding tracks okay. on, on one CD. Ah,
1: <laughs> so it might be an anthem for Future Sound of Egypt 800. Could be, you have to ask Fadi. <laughs> hmm. That's a good question we need to ask Fadi then, of course. Um, yeah, so you work with Deirdre and Audrey. Can you already spill a little bit like who you're working with right now or? No, not really. Not really, no. Not yet. Come,
0: Come on. on. Well, they're not big vocalists.
1: No. No, I don't know. How do you find your vocalists? <laughs> because that's one of the questions that we get a lot as well. Like how do you find your perfect vocalist for? I've tr- seen
0: you doing it um, vocalises. Yeah. I see, oh, I've seen you posting that, so I've done that a couple of times. Yeah. yeah I found one after. Um, the other one said, I just know she's from Ireland. She's mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my manager. He was looking for a vocalist and sent me this. So I said, "Yeah, she's really good to work."
1: Okay, that's how, um, for example, Garrett Emery yeah. found Concrete Angel yeah, yeah, yeah. and Bo Bruce. That's interesting that you do that. Yeah, a vocalizer. I started on doing that because Craig was telling me about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, he told me about it as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because you find some like unique artists that normally you wouldn't find in like of the course like,
0: that Iron Trans yeah. Uh, vocalist.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that you're working with an uh, Irish artist, and we touch base on this also in the in the regular podcast. <coughs> that what is going on in Ireland that there's so many artists popping through right now? I have
0: no idea, yeah. It must be the Guinness. <laughs> it must be the Guinness?
1: Well, at least it's not Buckfast, like, well, i some to the studio. That's <laughs>
0: horrible. It's probably that as well, yeah. <laughs> no, because, no, first, of,
1: of course you have the, the generation with, with John and with Brian, yeah. but there's a whole new generation coming is, up as yeah. well. You have there's Maria, Hilly, yeah. Shugs. um, Billy. Billy Billy yeah, like a lot of a lot of people are telling me, like, "Hey, you
0: need to invite Billy to the studio yeah, because he's doing, he's doing, doing so amazing." Yeah, he's amazing. Billy stuff is really amazing. at the He's flying, but there's a lot of country over. is really big in you know, Ireland. Uh, always mm-hmm. was, you know. I mean, yeah, even back from the eighty two thousands, and uh, I think everyone's just doing production now. Everyone you talk to when you got the gigs oh, there are any tips on how to do this, you know? Really? Yeah, yeah. Every person, every person, every time I go the gigs, you get have a conversation with someone like that there that that's doing producing or has only started producing. But yeah, it's, everyone loves them. You know? Trans is massive in Ireland.
1: That's amazing. Are there are there a lot of um, like gigs happening right now? No,
0: nothing. Trans is it's it's massive in Ireland, but the gigs in that's Dublin, so weird. The, isn't the gigs it? in Dublin are just non-existent. It's crazy. Like that's and then, the same and then in the Then you drive up in Belfast, no, and it's it's banging up there. You know, it's the gigs. are sold out every gig, and then in Dublin or even anywhere else in Southern in Ireland, nothing.
1: It is so weird, isn't yeah, it? Maybe three gigs a year. Why is it? Because why is it that in Belfast it's
0: so big? And I have no idea. It must be a younger generation, or something. there's a lot of younger crowd up there. You know,
1: is that why a lot of people started to play? Here we go, main stage techno.
0: <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I, I feel that uh, I've saw a couple of sets, including Brian and Snyder, and they they are recreating a little bit of the the nineties, the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah techno the 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 techno kind of yeah, stuff
0: yeah it's, yeah it's, it, I don't know it's kind of again it's all rolling into one sound isn't it like it is because back then it was it was no really trans and techno no it was one thing yeah I think it's coming back full time I think it's amazing and, like, like, like yeah, really uh, good yeah I've
1: been watching the socials of Brian a little bit that he created a new uh, Version of Urban uh, shook down, Urban Shockdown from Mike Push. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen the Soda Factor. Seen the video, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. Brian, amazing. I really want to have that one. Please send it over. <laughs> no, I think that's an interesting discussion because when you have a bad day, you create techno. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting. This is interesting I would love to but hear you some. can't
0: be happy to make techno you? <laughs> no that's true that's
1: true you can't really go into the studio and have a bass face while you're having a good time uh-huh. as well uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you so much that's alright uh, no, that was all the questions that we had for you and um, yeah thank you once again for dropping thank by the studio thank you. thank you for stellar guest Mix and make sure to check out your compilations coming out the 3rd of December 3rd of December Future Sound of Egypt thank you so much for watching this podcast and I'll see you next time for a new one bye bye
0: to check full episodes of A State of Trance for free, simply visit arminradio.com. A, a, a State of Trance returns next week.